Welcome back to the Black Health Lit Podcast, where we focus on all things Black health. The goal of the Black Health Lit Podcast is to elevate Black lives through health literacy, education, and inspiration. I'm your host, Rachel Ray Crowder, a public health professional and healthcare consultant in Columbus, Ohio. Today's episode is titled Becoming Vegan. I'll be talking with Ernest Levert Jr., who is a passionate, community-oriented, and ambitious servant leader. A native of Dallas, Texas, and the son of two Buckeyes, Ernest received his Bachelor's of Science in Biomedical Engineering from The Ohio State University before pursuing his passion for financial health and economic empowerment. After spending five years in the financial services industry as a personal financial coach, Ernest transitioned into youth workforce development. Ernest currently serves as a youth advocate and quality assurance associate with the Lead the Way Learning Academy. Ernest is also the founder of the Royal Oak Initiative, an innovative chess-based social change agency. Royal Oak Initiative uses the royal game of chess to inspire and empower the leaders of tomorrow to master their own future of personal and economic success through mentoring and coaching. Ernest also spends his energy learning and serving with the New Salem Missionary Baptist Church, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, and the Columbus Urban League Young Professionals. Ernest currently resides in Columbus, Ohio with his partner, Ivory. I hope you enjoy listening to the Black Health Lit Podcast and you apply some of the practical information that you learn. However, I do want you to know that Black Health Lit is not a replacement for the advice of your licensed clinical professional. Hey, Ernest. Welcome to the Black Health Lit Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. What's going on, Ray Ray? How you feeling? <laughs> I feel I feel pretty amazing on this Sunday, even though it's raining. I'm very thankful to have woke up this morning. So today we are going to be talking about becoming a vegan. But before we jump into the subject, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to my audience? Yeah, what's up, y'all? Ernest LeVert, originally from Dallas, Texas, here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I've been in the plant-based lifestyle for about two years now. I'll say two and a half because I was really part-time uh, the year before that. Um, so I'm excited to be here, uh, just sharing my journey, learning, just trying to be the best version of me. Awesome. So originally from Dallas, I think I told you this before, my oldest brother lives in Dallas, Fort Worth area, and I went to visit for 4th of July one year. I had a silk press hey. and humidity 4th of July weekend in Dallas said, no, you're going to have some Bantu knots today. It said no <laughs> silk press around here. That humidity was no joke in Dallas. You gotta got to be it. natural down south. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or have you know, I've been natural my whole life, so you know. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're here at the party. So, Ernest, what prompted you to become a vegan? So, first off, I'll start by saying I don't really identify as being vegan. Mm -hmm. um, I use the word and identity being plant based. You know, I got my plant based dripping shirt on, um, and I mainly say that because the word vegan has certain connotation for people who have a relationship with that word. Yeah. And especially yeah. this is Black Health Lit. 
Um, the word vegan has often been associated with the mainstream kind of whitewashed version of plant-based eating and plant-based living. So yes. I didn't find yeah. it plant-based, but what made me want to stop eating animal products is a wonderful question. Um, one, for one thing, I've always been big on challenging myself. You know, I, I came up in the era of EA games, challenge everything, you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I was that person. I was challenging my parents, challenged my teachers. I challenged, as you mentioned earlier, that I challenge everybody directly, yes. um, including myself. And so there was a period in time where I was very much assessing what are my needs versus my wants. I, as, as you know, I spent some time in the financial services industry for five years. So I was always having that conversation with people about what are my needs versus my wants. Mm -hmm. um, and I just say a need is a strong want, but you know that you're not dependent on something if you can give it up. Um, and so there, every month I would try to challenge myself to give up one thing. I would give up social media. I would give up uh, desserts. And then one month I was like, you know, I'm gonna give up meat. And I've heard a lot of people were vegan. I've heard people been vegetarian. I've heard that certain religious religions practice, uh, you know, different dietary restrictions and constraints and preferences. And I was like, cool, let's try it. And so I just was like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, but I didn't die, y'all. Like, did you die though? I didn't die. Like, and so that proved to me that you don't need animal products. You don't need to be eating uh, dead carcasses. You don't need to be eating uh, cow milk or, or any of its derivatives. Um, and so that was uh, kind of a breaking point for me. Um, you know, I, I go as strong to say the word addiction is anything that we feel like we need that's unhealthy for us. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, that's what prompted me to become become plant based was trying that. And then also my uh, my partner, my wife, her sisters started transitioning, started exploring. And then in Chris, like December of 2017, I think was when she switched and she was like, I'm doing it. And I was just supportive. And I was like, hey, yo, I don't need to we don't need to have any dairy products or any eggs or any meat in the house like I'm cool because I don't need that um so I, because I had taken that time to explore myself and to gain my own self-awareness um it wasn't really difficult for me to be like yeah like that's cool and she didn't pressure me to do anything I didn't pressure her to do anything and so I just ended up we, if we were out to eat I would get something I, I really like mac and cheese you know the return of the mac and cheese <laughs> uh, macaroni and cheese is my thing um so when we were out I would still do my thing plus I'm from Texas and I love barbecue. <laughs> so y'all love beef. Yeah. So yeah, that was my thing. That's what made me want to switch over. Was um, ultimately I I copped on the Veganuary, which was a one month challenge in January of 20, uh, 2019. I was like, I'm just gonna try one month of being vegan. Okay. Uh, plant based, I'm not eating any animal products. And I did that because I wanted to like lose weight and I wanted to be healthier and. I figured that that was the case because I had to give up and I ended up losing weight. I, I lost, I gave up chocolate and ice cream and donuts and all sorts of stuff. And it wasn't because it was, I wasn't eating animal products. It's because I wasn't eating junk food. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's a long way to way of saying that's what got me interested was just trying to be a better version of myself and making sure that I'm in touch with reality and not just the narrative that has been sold to me and crammed into my mind. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of what we believe is what people who are empowered um, who won't seek to exploit us, we believe what they want us to believe and what has been marketed and sold to us. That is a word right there, and that's straight facts. So if I am thinking about transitioning to plant-based life, is it something that 
people should jump into or is it something that you feel like people should dip their toe in the plant-based world, plant-based diet, then see how their body responds or if it's something that they can be, you know, sustain as a lifestyle change? Yeah, so I would say it's more so of a mental shift. Right. I got some people who are like, man, Aaron, I'm, I'm really trying to live the healthiest version of me, but I just can't give up fried chicken. And I'm like, y'all, like, you know, that's an addiction, right? Like you have to be willing to say, hey, look, I don't need fried chicken. I just prefer it. First off, it's the mindset. And then that will depend on you. So number one, let's be honest. A lot of people be like, oh, I hate vegan food. And I'm like, you ain't never had a carrot before. You ain't never had an apple, IG, right? You ain't never had yeah. potatoes before. <laughs> Like you already had your toes in, in the plant-based world for a hot minute now. The, the question is, can you shift your perspective to, to now understand that the meat does not need to be the main portion of your meal, mm -hmm. right? Every time you eat spaghetti, right? Like you might be having a plant-based meal, like you, ramen noodles. You've been doing this. Your toes been in there. Um, and then it's just a matter of how you want to level up on it. So to answer your question, I would recommend that people... I recommend that people explore it. Start off with Meatless Monday. Um, start off with Fresh Friday. You know, shout out to Willoughby Soul Veg. That's one of the spots that made it easier for me. I had a chance to go to Ghana with Carnell and, and Malik Willoughby. And so I just wanted to show up and support them. But they also got a dope black uh, vegan soul food restaurant called Willoughby Soul Veg. They just moved to North Market. So that's super exciting for them. Mm -hmm. But it was just me popping up on Mondays and Fridays to kick with my people and they had vegan food. So like I was already introducing myself. Um, but then again, if you want to just jump in, that's cool. I don't recommend it because I don't think it's super sustainable. Um, it's, it's like sounds good and you go through the honeymoon phase, but then yeah. you show up yeah. at your family cookout and now all your emotions are coming back and then you got peer pressure hitting you. And you're like, all right, fine. I'll just have one turkey leg. And we're like, bro, what? A turkey leg? You can't go from being, oh, I'm vegan this, I'm all vegan that for three months and go back to eating brisket and shit. Like, it doesn't work like that. So, um, so yeah, I recommend walking it, wading into the water. Okay. I think you made a really, a really good point in when people say, I hate vegan food. We eat vegan food every day. Like you said, if you've had an apple, if you've had potatoes, um, you should be eating vegetables, <laughs> hopefully every day. You'd be surprised how many people don't. But for the most part, we have all had an experience with something vegan and it just wasn't labeled that way. Just like we've had experiences with some of the other um, buzzwords like gluten-free. There are some things that are naturally gluten-free that we eat and we don't realize it. So that's a good call out. Like we have probably all had something vegan. It just wasn't labeled that way. So our toes are kind of dipped in it anyway. Um, and as far as the turkey leg, turkey is not good. People should never eat turkey. If you are a meat eater, eat meat for real. <laughs> turkey is so gross, but I won't go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, um, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I used to, I used to go in on them, on them turkey legs at the, at the state fair. Mm -mm. Um, the only challenge that I have now, and this is one of the things I'll mention about jumping in, is one of the things that made it way easier for me. I remember watching this movie, and it was some futuristic movie, and, and folks were, it was like world's end times, and they were eating each other. And I remember them, like, they killed somebody, and they were, you know, cannibalistic, and they were eating someone's arm. Oh, my God. Um, and they were, like, literally roasting it. 
And like the reaction you're having right now, first of all, like that right there, because I was like, man, I couldn't go out of that movie not thinking about like a human breast when I'm eating chicken breast or a human leg when I'm eating chicken leg. Or I started thinking about what part of the animal did this come from? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. imagine going up to a pig and just taking a knife and just cutting a section out of its side and then eating it. Right. Like if that thought is repulsive for you, you probably shouldn't be eating animal products because you are not being real with yourself. Now, what we've done is we, we're really cool with people dressing it up, making it look all shiny. But at the end, one of the standards is if you yourself don't feel comfortable going out and, and shooting that cow in the face and then carving it up and then putting it on the fire and eating it, you probably shouldn't be eating the animal products morally and ethically, right? We as Black folk often don't have the ethical animal rights component in our, our approach to vegan living. But that really shook me up where I couldn't look at any any uh, any meat without imagining what part of the animal it came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm the kind of person, if I if I believe that, that everything has value and every spe- creature has value and God put these creatures on the planet, then I got to respect that. Um, so that was something that was, that was big for me. And, and I wanted to just share that as well. I can see how that would affect you. One thing I have noticed, um, and just for all of the listeners, I am a meat eater. Um, <clears throat> but one thing I have noticed from our childhood to now is a lot of the animal um, parts do look more human-like as far as size like chicken breast sometimes you go get you some chicken breast and it's like this is a double d like chicken breasts were not double d's when we were kids and it's like goodness is this even off of a chicken where did this come from so that's my thing with some of the meat um nowadays it's like why is this thigh big as my thigh i think yeah we're not with that. <laughs> yeah we, we're not going to get into yeah we might get into it we but might. just yeah, just like the effects of capitalism on nutrition and mm-hmm. and, eating, and the fact that it's very profit driven and like we're there's this book I, I just picked up called Nutricide and how we kill ourselves by eating. Um, and if I can control your mind, then I don't have to worry about your actions, right? If I can convince these people to kill themselves, knowing that heart disease is one of the number one killers of black folk, right? They will eat themselves to death. I don't even have to worry about them. Right. There our, our life expectancy is already 10, 15 years shorter. Right. I, if I can just convince them to keep destroying themselves, then they do all the work for me. Right. Yep. And I was like, ah, yeah. I, I, not doing that. You know, that's so. huge. And when you look at there's so many variables at play when you look at food and what type of food um, black people consume and how we are conditioned with marketing, commercials, advertising, and availability of foods. Like when I was, probably when I was about 17, I started noticing like, yo, it's a lot of junk food like in our neighborhoods. And if that's what's in front of you and you're used to seeing that, then you'll eat that. Similar to how they used to have like candy, cigarettes, bubblegum, cigars, and juices that look like pints of liquor you know it's a conditioning from day one for us to eat and drink things that will kill us so then we think it's normal um to drink these things and eat these things that are so detrimental to our health so that's a whole that's a whole nother hour-long podcast right there (laughs) we may have to circle back on that with a couple of folks 
Um, but what have you noticed in yourself physically and mentally changing since changing over to a plant-based lifestyle? Yeah, so it's interesting that our perception doesn't always match reality, right? So I, originally I, I switched over, I cut animal products out of my diet and I lost like 15 pounds in the first month. And I was like, oh, it's lit, right? It's, this works. <laughs> I want another one. Thank you. But what I realized was I was actually just exercising consistently and I cut out a lot of junk food. Um, but beyond that, as far as actually the, the one thing that I remember noticing was during that year where I was part-time vegan was that I remember getting on a treadmill and I, was, I had ran three miles and I was like, wow, I have so much energy right now. I was like, I'm not tired. I'm normally like dead after this. And I don't ever run this far. Um, and that just really caught my attention. Um, and I was like, yo, what, what is different in my body? And I was like, oh, this was one of the days that I didn't eat any animal products. So for me, it was like someone convinced me, someone sold it to me. I was like, whoa, like this actually works. And I had a firsthand experience with that. So that was one thing was that just recovery time. And this is why you see a lot of athletes jumping over to eat, to cutting out uh, uh, animal products in their diets is because the, the recovery time, your body doesn't have to work as hard to break down the food, right? We were never meant to eat meat. And so us doing this because we have been sold a lie and, and convinced to do so is just taking an extreme toll on our bodies. Where, you know, you got, if you're eating fruits and vegetables, it goes just flip right through you. Energy goes straight to your cells versus you eating, eating this turkey that had no business being on your plate, according to Rachel, because it's nasty. Um, <laughs> you're also hurting, working your body way more. You're, you know, we, we like to be efficient. So long story short, I've noticed that my energy levels were higher. I haven't had the itis since I switched. Like the itis is not a healthy thing, y'all. Like oh man, you know the food's good when you need a nap and your body doesn't function anymore. Like, no, y'all, that's not how this works. Like, your food is supposed to give you energy, not make you sleepy. Like, bro, come on. So I haven't had the itis in a hot minute. Um, obviously, if I need, if I eat a whole lot, then I, I just need to slow down a little bit because my stomach is overloading. But but I don't, I don't, like, there's no draining of blood from my head down to my stomach to deal with this. Like, your, your stomach's like, yo, what did you just do to me? Um, <laughs> and then mentally beyond that, it, it really just reinforces this idea that I get to choose my chains, right? A lot of folks don't recognize that we are our own limitations most of the time. And that unless we're willing, really willing, really willing to have these hard conversations with ourselves, and to ask ourselves these hard questions and have courageous conversations with the people we love, then we will ultimately just keep ourselves locked in our rooms and be complaining that no one let us out the house. <laughs> like you could have been walked out. Make sure you own the consequences. So it, it's a constant reminder of liberation. And then finally, people who are plant-based often are also super free-spirited as well. And I would consider myself to be very much a free spirit, a free radical, if you will. <laughs> follow me on IG, free radical, R-A-D-I-C-L-E. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no follow backs. Um, but it really has been really cool being around other free spirited people. You know, my partner is a, a yoga instructor. So you got the Rastafarian culture, which is predominantly plant based. 
you have a lot of international cultures, which are predominantly plant-based. I go get Ethiopian food and they got a whole plant-based menu. There's a portion of their, their year um, based on the religious practices where they cut out animal products as well. So being in touch with a, with a culture and a people that are very much committed to the best version, being the best versions of themselves, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and all these things, not just in the American context, but internationally, has been very rewarding. And, and a lot of who I am today is because of the people I surround myself with by starting Plant the Power. We'll have to come to that in a little bit. And um, yeah, and people who are compassionate, if you come to the to plant-based eating through the, the animal rights door, you're like, yo, I don't want to kill this little piglet. You know, if we've seen Charlotte's Web, right? There are a lot of little kids who go vegan off of that movie, right? So you bring a lot of compassionate people who want to limit the amount of pain and suffering in the world, knowing that whenever you are scaring this animal, there's fear baked into the food you're eating. And then you wonder why you're always afraid. You always got anxiety. You've literally been eating fear, bro. Um, you know, so that's just been really cool being around folks who are super supportive, who align with my values. And that's just allowed me to be more mindful, authentic. So. Okay. Talk a little bit about plant-based power. I don't know a lot about right. that project. Yeah, 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 yeah. So one of the main, so speaking of community, one of the main things that we noticed, one of the things I noticed in Columbus is that we are a super relationship-based city, but people don't really talk to each other for real, unless it's like a lot of times it's super transactional. And so it's nice seeing more people stepping into creating spaces where people can just be. And one of the things we noticed was that there weren't a lot of spaces where black and brown people could feel comfortable exploring plant-based eating collectively especially understanding that we uh, traditionally, before we were brought here and, and indoctrinated with the American-based diet that's designed to kill us, is that we, are, we were predominantly plant-based, right? That we were an agricultural people, that we, uh, as, as a people, created a lot of the agricultural practices that are implemented today. And so to return to that is super, super big. Also, you know, I'm baby revolutionary, you know, I'm learning. Uh, Judas and Black Messiah got me fired up. But, you know, so we, we basically were just talking about we need a community where we can come together and not feel pressure to eat fried chicken. People, like, when I go around people, people do it all up in my plate, bro. It's the worst. Like, I don't care what you're eating. People are like, Ernest, don't judge me. I'm eating chicken. Don't judge me. I'm like, bro, I wasn't worried about you. So, like, to be in a space where you don't have to have that kind of, like, toxic energy in your, in your space when I'm just trying to eat good food. So Plant the Power was created as a space for black and brown people to feel safe exploring plant-based living. Yeah, obviously it's a play on the word, fight the power, um, you know, but we're planting the power because we are powerful by nature if we remember that. And a lot of people say, oh, I need to learn this. Like, nah, you just need to remember it. it's already been within you. So again, we do, uh, we do monthly events. We, before COVID, um, you know, BC, Pre-COVID, we were doing monthly meetups. We were doing, we had workshops where we had guest speakers come in and, and talk about how to eat healthy, how to navigate the grocery store, what are, how to read a food label. We've had book discussions. We've had uh, vegan vegan influencers. Shout out to Tracy McWhorter. We were doing a, a book club discussion on her phenomenal books, which I highly recommend you pick these up. Uh, Ageless Vegan and By Any Greens Necessary, Tracy McWhorter. And we were just doing a book club discussion. And then she just like popped up on IG and was like, yo, can I join y'all book club discussion? We were like, what? You want to hop in? The author wants to hop in on a book discussion? That was dope. And so we've been we've been in a relationship with her ever since. So definitely tap in with Tracy McWhorter. 
She uh, just wrapped up her 10,000 Black Vegan Women campaign, which I had a chance to be a part of, which was phenomenal for people who are just interested in like, yo, I keep hearing about this vegan stuff. Like, what's what's the deal? Okay, cool. Yeah, like tap in with, with Tracy McCorder, Reese Harper, et cetera. Cool. Oh, what would you say oh, is the hardest part of becoming vegan? Um, I would say there's two things. One is figuring out what to replace mm. your previous food preferences with. So if you're like, man, my go-to is hamburgers. Uh, well, what are you going to do to replace that that cow patty, <laughs> right? Um, it's a lot easier now because they got almond milk, they got coconut milk, they got oat milk, they got pea milk, they got all sorts of milk that does not come from the titty of an animal, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, uncut, right? It's just so funny being around vegans. They're like, you up here drinking cow titty milk. And I'm like, look, y'all, that's not that bad. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, so there's all sorts of plant-based milk options to choose from. Um, so that's a lot easier. Because I talked to some people back in the day uh, when, when all the soy-based products was nasty. Um, so I would say the hardest part is figuring out what am I going to eat, right? That was one of the hardest things for me the first month was going to Taco Bell and being like, all right, so I can't get my chalupa that I normally get. What do I get? We're not even going to get into cultural appropriation. But um, but I was like, okay, let me put some, some potatoes on it. I can just Google it and say, okay, well, if I'm at this restaurant, what we got? Okay, well, I don't really rock with the Beyond Burger, so I'm not getting that. And then, like, for me, it's like, oh, maybe you're going to have to cook, bro. I'm not a cook. I'm not a, a chef. I don't like cooking, <laughs> but I like food. So that's a conundrum I'm still working through. Um, and so for me, it's really just committing the time it takes to sustain your lifestyle. If you if you don't, if you're in a space where there's not a lot of vegan restaurants in your area, either you got to start the restaurant, bring in a franchise, or you won't have to get in the kitchen and cook. Um, so that's been difficult for me. And then, and then finally, kind of, you know, we, we touched on this a little bit, but making sure that you're taking care of yourself properly, too, that you can't just go straight ramen. Right, you got to make sure you're eating a well-balanced diet. Make sure you're getting all of the nutritional supplements that you need. Right, right. It's um, helpful for us to learn about food in general because we are so detached. Like you said earlier, we're so detached from where our our meat comes from. We are detached from where our vegetables come from. We are detached from where everything comes from. And so learning about food is a good place to start, in my opinion, um, talking with professionals and just learning the food groups, the different types of nutrients that you need and making sure you check in with your doctor because some of us do have underlying conditions and things like that. So just being cognizant of that is always a safe bet. If um, somebody is concerned about getting enough protein and nutrients, which is a common, you know, question or common feedback when somebody says I'm vegetarian or I'm vegan or, you know, some quote unquote alternative diet. People say, well, how do you get your protein? Yeah, it's interesting watching some of these documentaries and, and just films, resources about veganism and going back to understanding how we learn about protein. First of all, how we learn about all these things, like number one, all protein comes from plants. Most people don't realize that, that what you're eating when you think you're getting your protein from the animal is you're just getting recycled protein. That is the plants that they ate. That is where they got the protein from. And you're just getting secondhand protein. 
So if you want real protein, you want to go to the source. Um, and there's all sorts of lists. Y'all can Google it, but there's so many, so many resources for you to for you to get all the protein and nutrients you need. Um, but yeah, remember that protein comes from plants. So don't let them lie to you. Um, secondly, what I've always been told is to make sure you, you're, you're eating the rainbow, right? Make sure that we yeah. are getting fruits and vegetables of all sorts of different colors, which is what we did naturally. As we evolved, we, we, were, we were evolved in abundance where you had all sorts of things to choose from. And you had a little bit of everything as food access and, and we've got super urbanized and now we just, someone else gives, delivers us our food. Um, we we don't, don't often have food diversity. So food diversity is gonna be a real big thing for me. Um, and then also like, I got some trust in the people that I go, I rock with, right? When I go to their spots, I know they're also taking care to, to make sure that I'm getting the nutrition, nutrients I need in my food. So that's been helpful too, is that typically I go to some of the vegan spots. I like voting with my dollars. And I'll be like, let me get one of everything, food diversity. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so just making sure that you're going to going to community spaces that also value health, right? If you're going to a space that's only there for your money, like don't be surprised if the food they're feeding you is trying to kill you. But if you go to a space where they're like people say the number one ingredient is love, oh man, absolutely. You know they're gonna they're gonna feed you the way they would feed their family. And so for people, it's an, it's an investment. But beyond that, man, we, we it's 2021. Y'all are smart. Y'all got Google in your pocket. Like, look it up. <laughs> um, I would say tap in with some vegan influencers. Um, you know, definitely Tracy McCorder is, is my favorite. But there are so many. There's, um, oh, I can't think of it. Uh, nutritionfacts.org, I think, is what it is. There's there's a lot of ways to, to empower yourself. I'm, anyone who knows me knows I'm big on self-guided learning. I could tell y'all this right now. But I'm gonna encourage you. What I did when I when I first jumped into being plant based was I followed a bunch of vegan hashtags on IG. Um, I started look. I looked at all the the documentaries. So make sure you check out Forks Over Knives. Make sure you check out. Um, oh man, it's slipping my mind. Forks Over Knives was the first one that we watched. Cowspiracy is another one. Um, yeah, so there's there's tons of documentaries on on Netflix where you can also get that information as well. Um, I will definitely promote Forks Over Knives. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard really good reviews. And you made a really powerful point. Um, and if you go somewhere to eat and their number one priority is to make money, which is the American way, right? If their number one priority is to make money, chances are they probably are not concerned with your health at all. So they're not going to feed you what your body needs. So that's something to keep in mind with all aspects of our health and self-learning, relearning what was stolen from us is a big thing when we came to this country um, as an enslaved people and empowering ourselves, learning for ourselves. I am a huge proponent of Google. I think we underutilize it, especially as black people. It's like you literally have a world of information on your phone, make sure it's credible, but you literally have a world of information in your fingertips. And instead of going to Google, we go to IG. I'm not gonna go on a tangent, but use Google people. It has a lot of information on there to, for us to teach ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and I just remember the, the documentary that I specifically recommend is called The Invisible Vegan. 
Okay. And it's it's specifically focused on controlling and influencing the narrative around Black veganism. Um, so there's this this lady who who uh, you know just really talked about her own vegan journey um, from a and specifically because a lot of the mainstream vegan movement didn't really take into account the black perspective, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're treating these animals like slaves, like bro, tone deaf much, like chill out, right?" So this uh, the Invisible Vegan is really good, um, and and really just walks through. A per, you know from Jasmine Leva just a perspective of, of veganism um, from a black yeah from a black perspective brings in people like Milton Mills, Cedric the Entertainer, John Sally, etc. I appreciate that it helps to see and hear things from someone who looks like us because there are cultural differences. What about um, so I know you say you were challenged by <laughs> not liking or being able to cook, but you like to eat. Do you have any favorite recipes? that you can share or are you still working peanut butter and jelly no i'm just kidding <laughs> um <laughs> yo i love anything with mushrooms i don't know what it is but i love mushrooms um my partner makes some really good like mushroom enchiladas um i like sweet potatoes so i'm not a big recipe person i'm just I, and i i enjoy sharing this because it can be really intimidating this idea that yo in order to be vegan or to be plant-based i have to be a good cook like nah bro you can also just eat. Um, so I'm big on, I like corn, spinach, um, oatmeal. Uh, you know, I started eating a, a more, more healthy food, like cashews, right? Like there's, I'm, I'm also big on, on more of, I'm interested in exploring what being raw vegan means as well. So raw vegan means that you're only eating food that comes straight from nature. Basically, you're not processing it. You're not cooking it. You might mix it or combine it. So I like, I love smoothies right? Smoothies are my favorite. Smoothies are life. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm a pretty simple dude. I'm not going to cap. And, and so it's, it's helpful for me to just to figure out what are, what are the basics, grab some blueberries, grab some bananas, throw that in the smoothie call today. I'm a big smoothie person too. So Ernest, every single episode, I ask my guests to complete two sentences. And the first one is what does health mean to you? So health for me means healing, right? And for me, that means that we are a whole, that if you are doing anything destructive or anything that your body would have to recover from um, in a way that doesn't make it better, then that is not healthy. So yeah, for me, health is healing, it is wholeness. It is us tapping into who we are meant to be by nature and by design. I like that. Healing and wholeness. Why is Black health literacy important? Black health literacy is important because what you don't know will kill you. <laughs> Sometimes okay. we don't know what we don't know, but we got access to the resources and we can't forget the value of courageous curiosity, which is how we come into the world. You got little kids like, yo, what is that? What does that do? Why is the sky blue? Don't lose that, y'all. If your inner child is 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 uh, sleeping right now, wake that son of a gun up. Look, I'm cleaning it up. Wake them up, right? Um, get get tapped back into asking those kind of questions, man. Because there's there's a lot that we need to we need to learn. Um, and the future is black, right? <laughs> so we need to make sure that we are we are taking care of ourselves so we can get some longevity, so that we can establish this legacy, so that we can we can model to our babies what it looks like to be the best version of us, 
right? It's really hard to love someone when you don't love yourself and you love yourself. Love is an action word. So you, you got to show yourself that you love yourself by the things that you do, by the things you put in your body, because what you put in is what you put out. Trash in, trash out. You know, that's word. It's Sunday. <laughs> trash <laughs> in, trash out. Tradition. Read your Bible. What you, what you don't know will kill you. That is 100% facts. So I like that. Well, thank you so much, Ernest. It's been amazing, which I expected. <laughs> and, and just real quick before we jump off, I'll share with my listeners since I just shared with you all. Ernest is a um, kind of lit a fire in me to start Black Health Lit. As he mentioned at the very beginning, he likes to challenge himself and everyone around him. And so one day Ernest put me on the spot and he said, what are you doing? You have information, knowledge, skills, and passion. You need to be doing something with it. So shout out to Ernest, <laughs> lighting that fire, put taking me to the mat and calling me out. And that kind of prompted me to start Black Health Lit. So I really appreciate you, Ernest, for that. And I appreciate you coming on today. Yes, Black Queen. Thank you for answering the call and for being who we need you to be. You are already an ancestor, right? The ancestors are proud of what you are doing right I so thank so. you for being for being you and for wearing your crown properly thank you thanks for tuning in today remember that the black health lit podcast episodes will be released every first and third self-care sunday of each month to stay connected, you can find Black Health Lit on Facebook, IG, and Twitter at Black Health Lit. Let's keep the conversation going between each episode on social media with the official hashtag Black Health Lit. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Music or Spotify so that you can stay up to date and travel on this journey to reclaiming our health.